0: Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. I want to take a quick second and honor my friend that came here tonight. The quick story behind it is 10 years ago we were in Secaucus, New Jersey, which is right across the river from New York City. We were on tour together. One of those long tours. And every morning we would meet at Starbucks and have coffee. And this particular morning, <laughs> I looked at him, I said, Man, I have no idea what I ate last night, but I had the weirdest dream. He started laughing. He said, Yeah, what well, was your dream? I said, I dreamed, I was at Pastor Aaron and my wife's Mamaw's church preaching and she was sitting there smiling. I was like, yeah, that's never going to (laughs) happen ever. And he just looked at me and smiled. He said, you watch the first time you get on stage to preach a word. He said, I'll be there. Dale, Thanks for being here sir. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. If you will turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 1, if you would stand with me while I read the word. 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 38. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize because I'm going to mess up these names. -ah Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. The Cherethites and the Pelethites went down and had Solomon ride on King David's mule and took him to Gihon. Then Zadok the priest took a horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the horn and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him and the people played the flutes and rejoiced with great joy so that the earth seemed to split with their sound. Father right now God in the name of Jesus I come before you your humble servant God Father, I, of all people, am unworthy to stand here to preach your gospel, God, but you have called and appointed me for such a time as this. I ask you, Father God, to empty me, get me out of the way completely, Father. And I pray, God, that the Holy Ghost, Lord, would speak through me, God, and touch someone's life here tonight, Father. And it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray and ask these things, amen and amen. So it's important to go back a little bit and get the full understanding. I'm, I'm one of those nerds when I read in the Bible, I don't like reading just one or two verses. I like to go back and get the full scope of what actually is going on. So if you go back in 1 Kings verse. Chapter 1, verse 5, we we see where Adonijah has just now proclaimed himself king. And Adonijah, he was Absalom's brother. And I would assume that Absalom possibly, or, or Adonijah actually looked up to Absalom. I would assume. So he invited all of his brothers, all the kings guys. He invited the priest, Abiathar and Joab, the leader of the army, he invited them all and, and, and actually deceived the priest and the leader of the army, actually actually convinced them to take his side. But you know what? He didn't invite Nathan the prophet. He didn't invite Benaniah. He didn't invite Solomon. He didn't invite Zadok, the high priest. But the most important thing is, is he didn't have the oil of anointing poured over him. Now, when reading this, Joab is a part of the inner circle of King David. And I feel as though he felt of himself stronger and in some ways better Than David because of how David reacted to Absalom's death I believe that he looked at David as weak he didn't handle the situation as he thought he should have and he scolded him here the leader of the army a general scolded the king back in second Samuel 19 5 through 8 I think it's interesting to me how when some get a place of power or perceive power, they forget that God has called and anointed certain people to do the work of ministry. You don't know the hell that they have fought through. You don't know the battle God has brought them through. You have no idea what they had to go through to be in the position that they're in. And here's the truth. When you come against God's anointed, when you come against the pastor, when you come against the youth pastor, when you come against a worship leader, a kids leader, whenever you come against that, I don't care if you do it in public. I don't care if you do it to their face, if you do it behind their back, if you sit there and and, and talk just yeah, 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 yeah. You don't have to worry about them finding out because it really doesn't matter if they find out or not because the fact of the matter is, what does the Bible say? Touch not mine anointed, for vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. So I I really don't understand Joab here. I I just, I I don't get it. And I'm also going to be perfectly honest. I have no idea how or why Abiathar was deceived. He's a priest. Here is a man who spent his days in the temple. Here is a man who, who his job was to be a preacher to the people. But yet he was deceived. Now, when you go back up to verse in, in 1 Kings to verse 28, we see that David called Bathsheba. And he reassures her that he had promised Solomon would be king. And at this point is also when he calls Nathan, Benadiah, and Zadok and tells them exactly how he wanted Solomon to be anointed king. And once they had brought Solomon to Gihon, Zadok got the oil. And I know I'm repeating myself, but it's so important to know that. This is when Zadok got the oil from the tabernacle. And the reason that's so important important is because what Pastor Aaron has preached already, the importance of the oil, the importance of the anointing, the importance of every ingredient that went into that oil, the very fact that that oil was kept in the holiest of holies. That oil wasn't used for anything but to anoint the altar, to anoint Aaron's sons, the priests. That's it and now kings. That was the only reason that oil was ever used. (laughs) So once once Zadok had anointed Solomon, as I have here in my notes, that's when the real party started. That's when the real party started in the same town. And that party was so loud that the Bible said in our reading, it seemed to split the earth. One version says, so the earth rent with the sound. Another version said, it shook the earth. So let's just say it was a sound that was so loud that it overtook the entire city and you could feel the rumble under your feet. Isn't that awesome when the anointing and the oil of God comes into a place? All of a sudden, you can feel it in your bones. You can feel it under your feet. You can feel it bubble up inside of you to the point to where next thing you know, you're face first on the ground and not knowing what happened. So when the real party kicked off and the real party got good and loud, all of a sudden... Abathar's party over here, they heard what was going on and, and trying to figure out what's going on. <sighs> so they had, they had the priest's son came and told Adonijah, he said, hey, this is what happened. Zadok has anointed Solomon king, and, they have, and he has anointed him with oil, and, 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 and this party is cranking. This is John 2021 version. And what happened at that point is everybody that was at the fake party, the wannabe party, got scared and they left and they ran and they ran home. (laughs) And at that point, this is where we find that the three men who were at the fake party had fear and trembling and this is where we also see that their end would be death and exile why because they did it without the oil and they did it without the anointing (laughs) it's so cool what happens when the anointing oil of god falls into a place Because when you come into the house of God, you are to come what? Expecting. You are are to come in this house expecting a move of God. This house here is a house that operates in fresh oil. And you know, the funny thing is, I've heard my whole life, I grew up in church. I was in church nine months before I was born. You know, I went to the church, to the school I went to. I went to a Christian university, and my whole life I have heard you shouldn't enter, and then leave the same way you came in. I just thought that was some cool preacher quote. You know, all the preachers passed around, they got together, and they had this cool quote. The funny thing is, when you actually start reading the Bible and reading it from cover to cover, the things you learn. In Ezekiel 46, 9 through 10. Verse 9 says, but when the people of the land shall come before the Lord in the solemn feast, he that entereth in by the way of the north gate to worship shall go out by the way of the south gate. And he that entereth by the way of the south gate shall go out by the way of the north gate. He shall not return by this way of the gate whereby he came in, but shall go forth over against it. Now here's where it gets fun. Verse 10, and the prince... In the midst of them, when they go in, shall go in. And when they go forth, shall go forth. That messed me up. I'm not going to lie. So when you come into the church expecting, and when you enter the house of God, the Prince of Peace, Yahweh, the God who was, the God who is, and the God who is to come, not only meets you there, but he enters in with you. The God of your breakthrough, the God of your healing, the God of your deliverance will show up and meet you right where you are. And the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that you're seeking are right there for you to have. He will be so real to you that the earth will shake underneath the very ground you stand on. And at that point, the very devil who tried to take you out to every person who said, you weren't good enough. To the very inside, to to, to the very thought inside of your head that said, I'm not worthy of the love of an almighty savior. Every demon and devil who fought you every step to this point will also hear and feel the shaking of the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost and it will strike fear into those demons to where they have to flee. But see, none of this is possible without the oil or the anointing. None of it. None of this is possible unless Jesus had went to the cross and completed his earthly mission of being the perfect spotless lamb, bruised and ridiculed for you, but not the perfect you. But the messed messed up addicted to perversion lustful, adulterous, strung-out, drunk you. Or even just a good old Christian deceived by the spirit of religion that has never experienced true conviction or the fire or power of the Holy Ghost. You may be sitting there And the conviction is so strong you can't even pick your head up. You may be saying to yourself, if you only knew what I have done, no one will even forgive me, let alone love me again. You see, the devil will use fear and thoughts to literally paralyze you, to keep you held under the bondage of sin so deep that you can't even see the light of day. It is possible you might be sitting there thinking, yeah, that's all well and good, but... You got it all together. You got this awesome family. You might be thinking, I can't relate to you because I haven't been where you are or experienced what you've experienced. But y'all, that's where you're going to be really wrong. You see, I'm scarred. I'm an imperfect person. Every one of those things I've been a slave to. You see, I grew up in church and was indoctrinated into the spirit of religion from birth. I was taught that God was the God of yesterday, today, and forever, but the charismatic miracle signs and wonders wasn't for today. I was taught to fear God, but not out of reverence, but if you messed up, he was done. I was taught that if you had sex before you were in marriage, you were like a chess piece, and he would just pull you off the board and put you on the shelf. You might could go to heaven, but you would never be used of God. So I brought this distorted view of God into everything I did, even into my marriage. Despite that, everything was going along well in my life, or so I thought. One day, I was on the road traveling with a country band. I was in Sharifport, Louisiana at a casino gig, and I got a phone call. phone call that no one ever wants to get. I was told that my mother had died of a massive heart attack. That very moment, time would send me spiraling downward into the darkest pit of my life, so dark that there was no one that I felt safe enough to talk to to try to get help. So many people were trying to be kind and nice and say the right things. But the problem is that, had, that this God that I grew up with fearing had just now taken the best thing that, 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 that was in my life. This God that I grew up fearing had just taken a kind, caring, loving mother And I couldn't couldn't justify that. How are you taking this woman who has a lot to give, who has a lot to do yet, but yet you let these people live? What kind of God are you? So the bad part about it is you've heard the song, A Slow Fade. I went from a slow fade to a warp speed fade right to black. To the point that uh, I was in the middle of a four-month tour years later. And then uh, yet again, I woke up to another phone call that I wasn't expecting. And it was from my beautiful wife. She told me she didn't love me and couldn't do it anymore. You see, the thing is, sin will take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you way more than you ever want to pay. And in all honesty, as hurt as I was, I understood how she felt. Because the fact is I hated myself and I didn't blame her. The only thing that kept me from ending my own life was the thought of my son. And that was it. The bad thing is, my poor son watched the downfall of his father, his hero, the downfall of his parents' marriage. It played out right in front of him. When I got that phone call, I was in Canada thousands of miles from home. You see, as bad as that phone call was, it was also a good thing because that was my bottoming out point. I'd hit rock bottom. And at that point, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I mean, I'm a pretty honest guy. Me and God had a really frank conversation and I promise you it wasn't a good one. It was me screaming. And at the end of the conversation, I told God, I said, you got two weeks. And if you don't do something real in my life within these next two weeks, I'm done with you. I will know you're a fake and I will know that you are not real and that everything I was taught from the time I was a kid is a lie. So I didn't really know what to do. So I just decided to fast. Fast. I'm like, okay. I've read where it says if you fast and you pray, you will get the answers you seek. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's see if you're real. So I did. Watch me. So I fasted and I prayed. And I read my Bible. What was I looking for? I had no clue. I literally would open the Bible and just start reading. And I'd flip through. And on day 10 of 14, I found myself alone in a bus coming home with nobody on it, and I had to pull over at a truck stop to take my break. And in that moment, I sat back here in the front lounge, and I was like, all right, well, let me read my Bible, and I'll go to bed. <laughs> And I turned my Bible open to Romans 8 and began to read. (laughs) And I got to verse 15 where it says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. So the bondage of fear that I had lived in my whole life in an instant was gone. The hate, the demons, the hell was instantly gone. And for the first time in my life, I heard the words, I love you from an almighty God. As awesome as that moment was, the thing is, is that even though God was doing a work in me, I was still going home to a broken marriage and things just didn't get good. You see, when I got home, I hadn't seen my son in a while, so I was hanging with him. Tara was staying somewhere else. And I took him to school one day, and then I got a phone call from the school, and, and, and Tara had come and picked him up, and, and I was like, okay. And then a knock came at the door, and I was getting served divorce papers. And I'm like, okay, God, what's going on here? I, in my head, hey, I, I've, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm walking what you've told me to walk. I'm, I'm doing what you're doing. I thought you were gonna fix this instantly. Well, guess what? It didn't happen. <laughs> It didn't happen at all. And I got those divorce papers and I was like, what am I going to do? So what do I do? I go back to what works. I start praying again and more intensely. God impressed upon me to get the oil. And anoint my house. But see I still hadn't been to a Pentecostal church yet so I didn't have any oil at the house. It's the truth. So me not knowing what to do I went and got the good old vegetable oil out of the cabinet. But let me tell you what I did. I laid that vegetable oil on my bed and I started praying. And I said, God, if you can change me, then you can come into this oil. And if you can come into this oil, then you can anoint this house. And if you can anoint this house, then you can change my situation. So I took the oil and I started going through every doorway of the house. I started at the entry door and I went outside. I said, God, when my wife comes in here, let her feel your peace. Let her know that you are here. And then I anoint the inside of the doorway. The doorway into my bedroom, the doorway into the bathroom, the doorway into the bonus room. Every doorway, the doorway that led to the back deck, every doorway I prayed over, and I begged God to move. So when I would go on the road, Tara would come home and stay at the house with Logan. And I would call home to talk to Logan. And and then I would talk to my wife, and she sounded completely different. There was a softening in her voice when she was at the house. (laughs) And I was like, okay, God, all right, cool. We we can do this. There's a softening there. (laughs) But then when I would come home, she would leave, and she would go out from that anointing, (laughs) and she would harden back up. You see where I'm going here? To the point (laughs) that one day God did a work in her, God did a work in me. We went and picked my son up from school, came home, stood hand in hand in the kitchen, and said, son, mama's home and she's never going away. to the point to where we walked in the divorce lawyer's office and said, we're not gonna need these. Thank you very much. (laughs) To the point to where if you saw social media, why was Sunday a big deal? Because we renewed our vows. (laughs) And in two months, we'll be married 20 years. And what I want you to know is this, if he did it for me, if he did it for her, he'll do it for you. Because God is no respecter of persons. And I gave him every opportunity to fail, and I, I, I dared him to try. But in his loving kindness, he smiled and said, all right, watch this. Zach, if you want to start making your way, Bubba, in closing, I'd like to, I'm I'm going to put all this together, I promise. In closing, I'd like to read some lyrics to a song that has impacted my life more than the writer could ever know. You see, when she wrote this song, I know it was from a personal place. But what that writer didn't know is that while she was writing this song, she she was prophesying to me in my situation that was years down the road. To the place where dreams were shed, and you felt you lost the race, where the only thing that is left is sorrow and pain. You wondered if you mattered, or did anyone see you at all? Take Him to the place. Watch dead things live again. Where one touch of His grace and it's all washed away. He's calling out your name. It doesn't matter where you've been. Or whatever you have faced, don't be afraid. You take Him to the place there's a place where hope was given where you're free from sin and shame, where he heals the broken heart and speaks new life again, where his love is ever dawning to a place where you will never be alone. All you got to do is let him heal your heart Give you a new start, you will find life brand new. He will calm all fear, wipe away your tears, and show you love. So true. If everybody would stand to your feet, please you see all God wants is a willing vessel that's it to pour out his oil his anointing and watch what he can do in your very situation it's all he wants you don't have to believe a word that I said but I dare you to try God and watch what he'll do. I don't care if it's in your marriage, if it's in your finances, if you need a healing, just enter his house, come to this altar expecting and take him to the ugliest, darkest place and allow him to heal you. Y'all, please let me encourage you, chase after. And prove the real love and favor of God. Because the fact is, if you're hurting and you feel like nobody understands, I do. God does don't allow the devil to keep you in that deep dark pit and scared to death to tell anybody what the darkest deepest evil thing is that you're facing because the fact is he will take it and make you new I'm a witness of that I want you to know this, 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 altar is, this altar is open. Run to Him today. Please. Allow Him to renew your life. Because the fact of the matter is, on a Wednesday night, it's usually mostly Christian folks that are in church, but let me tell you what, Christian folks in church have problems too. And the problem as Christians is we don't want to admit it. We want to put on our perfect outfit and come to church and act like we're all good and we're all great. And that's not the truth. And then you leave out of here the same way you came in. And you have no one to blame but yourself for that. We are living in the last days, the last hours, and now is not the time to sit back and play church anymore. Now is not the time to sit back and say, well, that was a good sermon, let me go on home. Because the fact is, is that right now is the time, right now is the appointed time. So I encourage you, come. If you need to pray, pray. If you need prayer, get prayer. Our elders are here. Our prayer team is here. And come and allow God to do something in you miraculous. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you will break every barrier, every chain, every wall. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, every demon that is pulling at the shirt and not allowing that individual to come to the altar, God, I cast it out in the name of Jesus. Father, God, I pray that right now you will be the love that someone is seeking, God. I pray, Lord, that you will be real in lives tonight God Father God I pray Lord that you will heal the sick you will heal the heart and it's in the name of Jesus I pray amen we hope you enjoyed this word If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.